Hi, this is Melody. And this is Shannon. And you are listening to the NPOMG podcast. Hello, hello. Hey. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing fantastically. How are you? I can't complain. Good. I can't complain. Good, you good, know, good. things are great. Good. How was your week? My week was good. Yeah. Um, exciting, challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, I was much better than other weeks. So good. the new year kind of kicked my behind. Oh, turning the corner a little yeah, bit. Yeah, okay. man. Yeah, it okay. really did. I think, so that's my NPOMG moment where I realized, okay. like, New Year just snuck <laughs> up behind me and I was right. ill-prepared for it. So I was uh-huh. like, oh, my gosh, this to-do list is out of control. But there are goals. There are goals. We're, we're setting and yes. attaining. Oh, I can tell you what my NPOMG moment really was. Okay. I set a revenue goal for my, you know, consulting, mm-hmm. and I'm 90% of away from it. No, awesome. I'm sorry. I hit 90% of it. Awesome. That right? is fantastic. Thank Kudos. you. Thank you. <laughs> like, yeah. So I only have awesome. 10% to go. And I just, Great. I really, um, I didn't even notice it. I was like, wait a minute, I'm mm-hmm. doing my numbers and stuff. Cause you know, I'm trying to be like you. So I'm doing my numbers and everything. And I was like, oh shit, Oop, I made it. Like right. that was really dope. That is awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. What was fantastic. your NPOMG moment? Ooh, um, uh, a recent M- NPOMG moment was I had a um, consultation schedule, and I do a free thirty-minute consultation, right? Um, because time is money, right? Time so, is money. <laughs> time is money. So I first I thought it was going to be a um, a phone call until about an hour or so, about an hour and fifteen minutes prior, and they're like, "Nah, we're going to meet in person." I'm like, "Okay, that's not a problem." So I go to the to the location to do our free consultation and four hours later I'm leaving so yeah I got the 52 fake out and you know when you're engrossed in the conversation um with you know nonprofit founders slash directors you know they're so passionate they want you to get all the information which I get you know you want me to get a lot of information as a consultant so that I can kind of go forth um right. I've yet to kind of figure out the way to say to folks like okay I kind of get yeah. it so but whatever but four hours y'all. oh no 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 and I mean I had to say well you know we had a free 30-minute consultation. So my invoice (laughs) for three and a half hours, because that is not what, you know, I was done. I had gone through my checklist. That was that client's um, choice to continue the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I got paid, but um, I'm looking, that was a definite OMG moment. Mm -hmm. What I'm really trying to do is trying to figure out the best way to kind of streamline what that looks like without being rude and like setting a timer and it's like, "Eh, eh, it's over. Like I get it, Mm -hmm. but um, that was definitely an OMG moment. Four hours, y'all. That's that's crazy. That's Do you have them like fill out a form in advance mm-hmm. to kind of answer questions? Yep. I, I send oh them gosh. a list of questions and say, here are the things that we're going to go over in the consultation. And literally the last one is, how can I help you? Yeah. So that... You know, we can kind of get, we're adults, we can get to some concise conversation here. Mm-hmm. Here's where I need the most help. You know, mm-hmm. that's how it typically goes. Mm-mm. This person wanted to fill me in on every aspect of not only that nonprofit organization, but how it impacts their life and this and mm. that. And, you know, you kind of in your head want to go, yeah, okay, yeah. You're welcome to the club, right. I guess, you know. Right. But I, I give you 30 minutes for a reason. Yeah. And I give you the questions. So I'd gone through, we'd gone through it. 
So, um, yeah, that was definitely That's definitely a, a moment. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Nobody was happy at the end of that day. So, yeah. <laughs> So you you got you may hear an extra voice here. Yeah. <laughs> That's our next guest. Yeah. Uh, so we have Tanise Love. Hi. Hey. How are you? Fabulous. Excited Good. to be here. So let me tell you a little bit about Tanise. First of all, she is a serial smiler, which I know her personally, and she definitely is. And from being just in here, we can tell. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's a native of Indiana and a proud Indiana University alumni. Go Hoosers. Is that what Hoosers. 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 Yes. <laughs> Currently, Tanise is the manager of multicultural affairs at Donate Life NC. Tanise is responsible for community outreach efforts around organ, eye, and tissue donation in minority and faith-based communities across the state. Her work has led her to develop seven statewide partnerships with historically black colleges and universities and educate more than 6,000 faith-based congregations. Awesome work. During her time at Donate Life NC, they have reached more than 5 million North Carolinians registered donors. That is amazing. It is. It is. In addition to her staff role, Tanise volunteers with the Association of Multicultural Affairs and Transplantation. Excuse me. And in January 2018, after seven years of membership, Tanise was appointed to the presidency role for the Metrolina Association of Volunteer Administrations, MABA, yes, an educational resource group for nonprofit professionals and area volunteer managers. All right. As a nonprofit professional volunteer community leader, Tanise branches into various missions and program outreach locally, statewide, and nationally. Yes, girl. Yes. Welcome. Yes, that's right. (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. We are so happy to have you here. Thank you. Because volunteering is a thing for nonprofits. Like we thrive. We need them, right? Absolutely. And so I do feel like sometimes, you know, we miss the boat on that. But tell us a little bit more about yourself and what drew you to the nonprofit sector. Okay, um, so a little backstory. So I'm originally from Indiana, like you mentioned, and born and raised in Gary, Indiana. A lot of people oh, are like, Michael Jackson. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. first thing I, I usually hear that, or people are like, oh, there are black people in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we there, we there. Um, so grew up in Gary, moved to Indianapolis around 12, and then went to Indiana University where I, of course, learned a lot, but, you know, I got some partying in too. Okay, okay. Um, and, and got my bachelor's of um, health administration. And okay. so I always had a passion for health, and that really came from um, my grandmother being sick during my mm. college years and just okay. seeing how health administrators, you know, kind of handled their health facilities and some great things and some not so great things. And so I just said, you know what, I'm really interested in health. So mm-hmm. ended up pursuing that. One year out of college, I got a job, or after graduation, I got a job at a pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical company. Okay. So in my mind, I'm thinking, I really want to go kind of like the corporate healthcare route, you know, mm-hmm. maybe be like a big wig mm-hmm. administrator of a hospital one day. Um, so starting out at this pharmaceutical job, I hated it. Like, oh, wow. I was like, not the and space. that's nothing against the, the company or anything. It was a great position, a great mm-hmm. starter position, but it was just mundane and not for the me. The corporate grind, huh? Yeah. So when I would get home from work, I started looking into grad school mm-hmm. and I'm like, I always wanted to pursue further education. That's mm-hmm. one thing like my father instilled in me, if nothing else, at least get an associate degree from a community college Mm -hmm. certification and then Mm -hmm. go work hard. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, of course, wanted to take that a step further. So I found Pfeiffer University here. Okay. And so um, it's funny because when I found Pfeiffer, I had one friend who lived in Charlotte. I didn't know anybody else. 
And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. Let's have a girls weekend. And I'll visit the school while I'm there. Mm Mm-hmm. Hadn't taken the GRE, GMAT, nothing. Like, was not actually ready for grad school, but Mm -hmm. just starting to think about the conversation. And so, um, visited Charlotte, fell in love with it, obviously. Um, But when I visited Pfeiffer, you know, I was scheduled for like a one-hour interview with the advisor of that area. Mm -hmm. And in the interview, he's like, you know, we loved each other and you know they're very interested in me i was interested in the program my master's of health administration Mm -hmm. and he's like well have you taken the gre and i'm like no i'm thinking about you know maybe next year like a literal calendar year away Mm -hmm. and he was like oh no you know we have our own specialized test that you can take right now and i was like i'm supposed to fly out tomorrow like (laughs) i'm not ready study this thing right and i haven't (laughs) been to school for a year so i went outside called my dad prayed went back in i scored like in the 99th percentile i know that's right i don't do it, do it. A little pat on my back. That's um, right. <laughs> and so he's like, you know, we'd love to have you this fall. So that was July wow. of 2010. I moved a month and a day later. I know, Packed up right. my car. That's it. And came. So I like to give that little backstory mm-hmm. to show you guys how I kind of ended up where I'm at now. So coming to Charlotte, being a broke grad student, <laughs> like, I need to find a job. Okay. So I was in school full time, but really wanted to find something in the health field. Mm -hmm. Struggled because, of course, I hadn't had a lot of experience Mm -hmm. and just hiring at the time, I guess, in Charlotte. So I went through a temp agency, and I was always good at, like, community outreach and just Mm -hmm. developing programs. So from being a Girl Scout Mm -hmm. to volunteering, you know, in high school and college and things like that. And so I'm like, I know I'm good at developing programs. So, you know, I interviewed with the temp agency, and they found a temporary position at Crisis Assistance Ministry. Oh, and so, okay. Um, yes, love that place. So, mm. um, God is so good because I started there as a temp with literally no intention in going into the nonprofit world, like mm. zero intention. So I was hired to help develop the role of volunteer coordinator because okay. they had a mm-hmm. growing volunteer program at the time, mm-hmm. but no true formalization to yeah. it, no okay. role, anything like that. Okay. So, you know, I'm helping to write the description and just really helping them kind of develop the program mm-hmm. for a potential hire to fulfill. And so after I started developing the program, I was like, Oh my God! I want to do think, it. I think I want to go for this position <laughs> that you're writing. Literally, that, you know, wrote your job, right? <laughs> so I literally ended up writing my job. So I went from temp to um, volunteer coordinator. Within four years, I went from coordinator to manager to director of their entire volunteer oh, management team and free store. So no, that's right. it wow. was it was crazy because it's just like. You know, I now within that time had this fancy degree, but I'm like, mm-hmm. no, like I'm thriving in my passion right now. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what led me to the nonprofit world. Okay. Um, but at the same time, as I mentioned, like I'm very passionate about health as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things change and I ended up moving on from um, crisis after about four years and found this role at Donate Life North Carolina. Now, I had no experience um directly directly with like organ and eye and tissue donation so like you know I didn't know anybody who was like a living donor and Mm -hmm. I mean I could really get into that but I didn't really (laughs) know much about it yeah I just again knew I was good at developing programs Mm -hmm. and so this role was brand new and was created to help the organization reach minority and faith-based communities Mm -hmm. and those are two of the hardest communities to talk to when it comes to organ donation, which rightfully so. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, super hard feet almost three years later, still Mm -hmm. struggling, but, you know, we're working on it. (laughs) Um, 
But so that's kind of what led me to where I am today. So mm-hmm. over the last two and a half years, I've had the pleasure of building the program from the ground up mm-hmm. and just, you know, going to different colleges, community groups, really kind of spreading the word of donation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And now that we've kind of um, so we're statewide and mm-hmm. we haven't done historically done a whole lot in Charlotte. Okay. So over the next year, I'll kind of be transi- transitioning and traveling less and doing more to grow our, okay, okay. our outreach we'll in Charlotte. We look forward to seeing so. you around the streets. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I felt like I've lived here this whole time, but I've kind yeah. of felt like this foreign alien barely <laughs> here. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of, you know, how the long story of how I got to where I am today. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. So with, I'm sure that your role at Crisis um, Assistance Ministries helped you with your, you know, position at at MAVA. Oh, so tell yes. us about that and a little bit more about that organization and the work that it does. Yes. So, I, so during that time at Crisis, I. Um, was working, so we had a small team of, you know, we were um, on the development team. All of our volunteer managers were in development. Mm-hmm. And so one of my counterparts has been in MAVA for, like, years. So MAVA's been around since 1973. So, wow. you know, Metrolina Association of Volunteer Administrators. Oh, wow. Very long-standing organization. Um, and I feel like it's like Charlotte's, like, it's like this little secret that people mm-hmm. don't know about, which, mm-hmm. you know, we're working on marketing. Um, but it's just this powerful bank of resources. Mm-hmm. And so I actually had a colleague who's um, a little older and wiser than me. And she would be like, Denise, you need to join MAVA. Like, this is going to help, like, propel your career. And then my supervisor at the time was part of it as well. So in 2011, I started going to meetings. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they have bi-monthly workshops where they cover literally any topic you can think of related to volunteerism. Okay. And then they provide about a half an hour to also just chill, chat, network with other volunteer administrators. Okay. And so that was 2011. I just enjoyed going, so I would always go. Um, Another part of MAVA is you um, also receive credit hours for each workshop you go to. Oh, nice. Because there's actually a statewide certification for volunteer administrators. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, So... And the overhead organization that we're a part of that I talked about earlier, NCAVA, mm-hmm. they're the ones who administer the certification. Okay. And so that same coworker, which I just had lunch her last last uh, week. She's so funny. She's like knocking at my door every day because we had offices next door. She's like, Denise, did you finish your certification application? Like, have you written your proposal? <laughs> I mean, for like a year. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do it, Susan. I'm going to do it. Do it. <laughs> so then I finally did it. So I got certified. And after that certification, I'm like, I, I love MAVA, but I could definitely see where we can grow, what okay. we can do better, how mm-hmm. we can pull in more volunteer managers and really, like, make this thing, you know, bang like it should. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I decided to uh, pick up a board role. So I okay. started out as the bylaws chair and kind of did a complete overhaul of bylaws. Mm-hmm. And then from there, um, uh, two years later, was asked to step into the vice or be considered for the vice presidency role. And mm-hmm. so... Now, now I'm president. Congratulations. It's so, yeah. a journey. It's exciting because um, we actually, so this entire time, of course, we've been an official organization within North Carolina. But this past year, we just got our 501c3 status. Oh, so okay. now we're going to look into expanding, you know, and that could look like a multitude of things. Right. So we're, right. we're hiring some financial people to help us figure out what it looks like and, oh. and really kind of make it like a solidified organization and just giving volunteer managers more Mm -hmm. more resources than we already provide it's necessary for sure yeah um so being 
kind of thrusting yourself in a role that you um, created for yourself at Crisis mm-hmm. and then going further with um, the organization. Um, we all know working in a nonprofit organization, sometimes it's a little difficult yes. to get yes. volunteers. Yes. Tell us, why do you think it's so hard for organizations to not only recruit, right. but to keep cult- and cultivate volunteers? Right. right. So, um, and this is just my opinion. I think that the issue really, where the issue lies is not necessarily in the recruitment because you could have 30 people filling up your inbox. Absolutely. Super excited initially. But there's something within the onboarding, um, whether it be training, orientation, onboarding, your scheduling processes, there's something within the process where volunteers fall by the wayside. Okay. And that's not necessarily any issue within the volunteer manager or the volunteer themselves. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes it's the actual program development. Okay. And so a lot of times I feel like volunteers make, volunteer managers or volunteer programs, um, Mm -hmm. their onboarding is either overcomplicated Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. maybe the volunteer manager, you know, all nonprofit professionals work like double double the hours Absolutely. for you know yep. what's supposed to be a forty hour work week. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I feel like um, you know a lot of times you know just being transparent, volunteer managers are overworked and overwhelmed. So right. it may be that for the thirty volunteers you have reaching out, you've had time to respond to fifteen, and uh-huh. you know that's um, that's just being very transparent mm-hmm. and has happened me to me in the past. And so I feel like the issue is really kind of something within that process. But Mm -hmm. then at the same time, a lot of times, oftentimes leadership does not fully understand what the volunteer program looks like. They don't understand the value of volunteers. Mm -hmm. They don't understand um, the, the potential um, value that they can bring to the organization Mm -hmm. if volunteer managers have more support. Absolutely. And so um, I think, you know, recruitment, of course, there are some organizations who maybe, you know, don't know how to market themselves mm-hmm. or haven't really done a lot in the community because they're out here raising dollars That's and right. don't have time to talk about volunteers. Mm-hmm. So it could be an issue of, you know, time management or what mm-hmm. have you. So some issues, some organizations do have issues with recruitment. I can definitely see that. But mm-hmm. I think the issue is much, much bigger much than bigger, that. Yeah. Somewhere in that process where, um, and then, you know, uh, as, as well as the volunteers. So they're hundreds of nonprofits in Charlotte. Yep. And so mm-hmm. it's like you could be a go-getter and like, oh, I'm going to volunteer at these five different places. But then when it comes down to it, it's like I yeah. might be going to one, and that's yes. probably a one-time shift. Yeah. yeah. When um, what volunteer managers and organizations really need are these more um, skill-based volunteers mm-hmm. who are willing to provide some longevity. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Absolutely. It can be difficult. There's Very. a lot of organizations here who don't. Like I've always been impressed with Crisis mm-hmm. who make an intentional effort Mm -hmm. behind volunteer management and cultivation and that kind of thing. I know, you know, there's organizations, I belong to an organization many, many moons ago, and as a development professional, Mm -hmm. I was also in charge of volunteers. And that just wasn't priority until there was an event. Right. So you could always, like, maybe grab some people who wanted to go to the event for free. Right. But the work that they needed to be doing. Right. And then I think that over the years, what I kind of discovered, actually a a new um, appreciation for the volunteer, Mm -hmm. the the action of intentionality behind the cultivation of volunteers 
as a fund development professional, had I cultivated and really gave that some attention, it would have made my job a lot easier. Right. I was a one-person department. Right. And if so you had I, like 16 jobs. I basically. had, yeah, 22 <laughs> jobs in, <laughs> in one day. Right. But if, you know, in the infancy of my career, I'd really, instead of just reaching out for those mm-hmm. four events a year and just pe- expecting people to pop in, which they did, mm-hmm. but um, put it as part of an intentional effort of my day to make sure, you know, letting folks know what's going on around the year or, you know, connecting with some of my stars from events, right. they probably could have helped me in my job right. a right. lot better because they had skills. Right. Yeah. And right. you discover this, you know, during the event, during the downtime, you have the little chit chat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're um, kind of dope. I yeah. could probably use you more Absolutely. often. <laughs> So I think that with all of the nonprofit organizations that are here in this community, what um, MAVA is doing is key work. Because I think if from nonprofit perspectives, we look at that as an intentional, necessary department and part of operations, we might be able to work a little more intentionally, a little more effectively, a little more efficiently, with a little less capital. Absolutely. (laughs) And it's so much... It's so much easier said than done. Yeah. Though. So like you know, you're saying you could have, as a fund development professional, taken more time. That's like ten years ago. Exactly. You when know? you're in that, it's hard. Like it when is. you're in that day to day, and you have this actual program that's physically directing your your mm-hmm. clients or neighbors in need, whatever you call them. You know, it's hard to take the time yeah. to think about volunteers as an actual program in itself. Yeah. And. And it's the smart f- thing would be to take a person who's a volunteer as a volunteer manager to create the program. You for must the be looking at my notes. <laughs> no, you, I mean you I've must been be there. At my notes. <laughs> like I've been there. Yeah. I've been in the world. That's why I'm so excited for you to come because I'm like, ah, oh, she gets it. Yeah, no. Um, I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but mm-hmm. I'll just go ahead and speak on it now. So in Mava, one of our members is actually a volunteer. She's one of those volunteers I talked about. Mm-hmm. So she literally is the volunteer manager Mm -hmm. but has a full-time job at one of the many financial institutions that's in around charlotte Mm -hmm. and what they did they took time um in her onboarding and had literally had her develop the program create like this very easy process simple uh, pretty basic but impactful Mm -hmm. and so they are basically having this unpaid staff run their volunteerism. But that's and, what she wanted to do. And they are thriving. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And they are thriving. So one of the things I would encourage, I think later on we were going to talk about organizations who maybe can't afford to hire mm-hmm. a volunteer administrator. Yeah. Or if you are not a volunteer administrator, you have another title, but you're kind of thrown with mm-hmm. volunteers. Yeah. Find you one to three volunteers who are good at organizing, who are good at program development, mm-hmm. and really truly skills based. So take some time to do that, yeah, and have them either develop the pro- solely develop the program for you, and yeah. you give in, you give feedback, or together you all kind of create this timeline of what you want the program to look like, yeah, and have the volunteer work from home in their pajamas. Yep, you right. know it really yeah. is. I mean, it, it's simple. It's it's hard to take the time to look at it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like when we were at crisis, I built their program up to, um, so every volunteer hour is worth a specific amount of money. Right. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think it's about $23, $24. $24.14 is what Wells Fargo calls it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's quite a bit of money, mm-hmm. you know? And so we had grew that program to saving crisis over $1.33 million a year. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize, like, if you just take that little bit of time to yep. kind of sit down, figure out what it looks like automate a thank you thank you email every few weeks like you're 
pretty much good to go. That's yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And so Mava, of course, has all those resources to help you out. So oh, awesome. <laughs> you answered a couple of questions. Yeah. I might have right. just, no, that's <laughs> great. No, that's absolutely bit. great. Right. <laughs> so I guess one thing is um, how how can organizations keep these volunteers? Like, you know, that's a big thing. That right. They'll start out, but they don't nurture the relationship. So, mm-hmm. right. Okay. So, um, I'm like, I'm obsessed with program development. So I have this like <laughs> little process in my head. But to me, the very first thing is setting clear expectations. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a volunteer that's excited about, let's say, a community gardening day yeah um but you haven't been clear that okay this is gonna be an eight-hour shift and you're gonna get muddy so you need to wear Mm -hmm. you know shoes that you don't care about Mm -hmm. you know if you make it seem like this light airy thing where you're just gonna kind of take a couple pictures and plant a couple you know trees or whatever or not trees but you know something simple Mm -hmm. the volunteer is going to come in and kind of be thrown off right and that's probably going to be their last time volunteering with you because it could be you know some fancy executive who wore her new whatever you know brand shoes and you know wasn't expecting that so no matter if it's a one-time event or um you know maybe a a skills-based volunteer who's coming on a a regular basis Mm -hmm. is being very intentional about your expectations Mm -hmm. both the physical expectations but then just just general expectations as a volunteer how to handle yourself so i think that's where a lot of volunteers fall fall by the wayside from the get-go so you might lose like 50 percent of your workforce there um But next, be thorough about matching your needs with skills. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times um, organizations will kind of say like, oh, we need these six things done, but they don't really take a look at their strategic plan. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe they need to do a SWOT analysis and really kind of figure out what are the opportunities and threats that face our organization Mm -hmm. and what are like literal job titles that could help us combat those. Those job titles don't have to be employees. Those job titles can can be be volunteers. volunteers. This is true. So Mm -hmm. I always encourage organizations to make sure um, you're not having people file papers who really want to be out speaking to crowds. Right. Because mm-hmm. after that first shift and 50 papers later, going to be like, no, not for me. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So um, matching skill, their skills with your needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, over communicating, which is so hard in the day to day when you're mm-hmm. busy and you're like, Oh wait, I forgot I had a volunteer who I was supposed to call or email or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Mm-hmm. So if you have a problem with recruitment, let's say, and you've emailed this volunteer that you think is going to be really great, mm-hmm. um, once or twice, but haven't heard back, maybe write them a handwritten thank you note. If you know their address or where they work, right. that's actually kind of creepy, but <laughs> <laughs> they haven't been onboarding yet, but maybe it's inviting them to coffee and actually having a conversation. So right. say mm-hmm. it's, you know, somebody who you think would be a good volunteer, volunteer manager, mm-hmm. it might be worth the time taking her to lunch, her or him mm-hmm. to lunch, or, mm-hmm. you know, just showing appreciation even before they come on yeah, board. Absolutely. And so over communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we talked about the value of volunteer time is yeah, right around $24 mm-hmm. and it's show them that impact from right. the get go. Yeah. Don't, quote those numbers at the volunteer appreciation luncheon that they may or may not come to, Mm -hmm. you know, do that from the get go. Let them know that even if it is filing papers, if that's what you're good at, I mean, because papers do need to be filed, Mm -hmm. let them know like the hour that you just spent, you know, literally has saved us $25. At the end of the year, you could potentially save us thousands depending on how often you volunteer. Nice. That's excellent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, um, 
appreciation. I mean, there are a multi- multitude of other things, but these were kind of what I thought was most important is just appreciation. Mm-hmm. So even right. if it's, you know, um, in their role and they're filing papers, it might be taking half of your lunch to like sit there and file with them and right. just get to know them. Nice. Yeah. Or in the onboarding process on your volunteer application, ask what type of books do you like to read or what mm-hmm. type of coffee do you like mm-hmm. and go get an in-kind donation from somewhere else yes. and provide that as a little gift to your volunteer. Yes. Like little things like that really do make a difference. Like, again, it takes time yeah. um, from the get-go, but it really does make a difference. Good. That's yeah. awesome. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That was so informative like Thank i'm sitting you. here like i talk okay, a lot totally need to- <laughs> yeah. no this was perfect no, like perfect. yeah because like, a lot of organizations right they don't know how to develop yeah. and nurture and maintain right their volunteers or right. even just to get them like it's mm-hmm. a struggle with some of my clients so i totally yeah. get it yeah um, so how can folks connect with you or and or mava so with um, Mava, we have a Facebook and a website. So our website is Mava, M-A-V-A-N-C dot org. Okay. And then on Facebook, we're Metrolina Association for Volunteer Administrators. Okay. Um, and then myself, just at Denise Love. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. And awesome. Awesome. Yeah, That'll so be in the show notes, folks. So make sure you're connecting. Yeah. Um, if you want to volunteer, if you're looking for volunteer resources, yeah. yes. um, all that information is going to be in the show notes. Yes, we yeah. Mava has a multitude of resources. We could literally help you build your program from start to finish. I can't wait to dig deeper into that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, last question: uh-huh. What has been one of your NPOMG moments? So, I kind of have two. One I already shared a little bit of. So, um, while I was in grad school, and like I asked my mentor before starting grad school, I'm like, should I really take on these student loans? He's <laughs> like, you know, if you're really passionate about health and you really see your number, like, he's like, do it. And of course, he's like a big wig who has money, but that's not another story. <laughs> but so when I was at Crisis and I, um, you know, helped write the volunteer role and really started kind of getting into volunteerism. I was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to be a nonprofit professional. Like, uh, this whole time. You had that moment. I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm reading Michelle Obama's book right now about her awesome. being this. It is a really good book. Um, being this VP of this. I'm like, that, that was supposed to be me. Like, right. But now I'm like, no, like, I, I know what my passion is. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh my God. Like, I really just spent all this money in grad school and now I'm just going to be working a wonderful nonprofit <laughs> job. But I would not change it for the world. Yeah. Um, but then secondly, I think the moment um, I really decided, like, wow, I really am. And this is, you know, not to sound conceited or anything, but, like, I really am good at what yeah, I that's do. That's right. There's yes. Nothing wrong um, with that. Yeah, absolutely. So a year and a half into my role at um, Donate Life North Carolina, I was approached by not only a statewide conference, but also a national conference about speaking on and volunteer program development. Well, I know that's management. right. And I was like, yes, yes. honey, I, yes. I can. <laughs> So that, I remember, like, that morning, like, drinking my little smoothie, like, in a hotel in Atlanta about to speak at this conference. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, like, low-key kind of <laughs> Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. So, yeah, it's just been a blessing and a journey. And mm-hmm. I just thank you all so much for having me. Oh, no, really no thank you for coming. You. This thank was amazing. Yeah, yeah, this was really fantastic. Dope. Yeah. I'm so so necessary. Yeah, I yes. cannot wait to share this with yeah, everybody that knows. I can't wait to dig a little deeper. So thank you for sharing yeah, what you did. Thank thanks you so for much. coming. Of yes. course. Absolutely. So again, this is Melody. And this is Shannon. And you are listening to the NPOMG Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at NPOMG Podcast. Easy, right? And don't forget <laughs> to subscribe as well as leave a review. And if you have someone that you're interested in us interviewing or speaking with, 
Drop us a PM, DM, slide in our DMs. We are here for that, right? We're here for it. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye.